Hello ladies. Um, first of all, congratulations. Um, I have one important question that will decipher who I would like to have win a million dollars. My question is, give me one reason why the other person does not deserve to win a million dollars and why you do. Um, and I'll start with you, Lil, first. Forgive me. No, you have to say something bad about me. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I felt that there was, at times, Sandra had disrespected a number of people. I know a number of times that she'd call me an mf -er and all this stuff. Um, I felt that at a lot of times that she did ride the coattails of other people. That she would always say, you tell me what to do. And at times I wanted to, you know, say, do you have a mind of your own and can you figure stuff out yourself? That's all I want to state. I'm not going to keep going. That's no, fine. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of the only queer super fan survivor podcast, Bitter Jurors. I am one of the co-hosts, Sam Stanish, and I am here as always with my co-host, Derek Reining. Hey, wow. I love this new branding. I feel like it, we have to be honest with the viewership right up at the top uh, because we still don't have an intro or an outro, so I was trying something new. I like it. <laughs> I also felt like in honor of the Bitter Drawers, uh, we're almost at the end of the pre-merge, I decided to come back to where we first started talking to each other inside my childhood bedroom. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm in my adulthood apartment, so... Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought I was going to be doing. But, you know, the Rona, crazy she's got us. Yeah, I'm here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with my uh, guest of the premiere recap, Joe McMahon, and my sister and her boyfriend. Uh, and wow. I, I, it's beginning to be a lot more like Big Brother than Survivor, but <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, I think I'm going to really kill this HOH and make it to the, fi to the final three. Anyway, uh, today we are here to talk about the sixth week, but like eighth elimination of Survivor mm -hmm. Winners at War. Um, we have a guest who is a contributor in Apps, uh, on an amazing website for both Survivor content and Survivor spoiler content. Uh, she is a basis for Gnarly Beth and an avid tweeter. I'm so excited to bring in our guest today, Christine Palin. Thank you for having me. This is truly a dream come true to be asked to talk about Survivor. <laughs> for us too. Uh, and yes. we had to have you on this week because you first came on into my uh realm of knowledge because your display name is on twitter is parvati shallow's reply guy and i was like i gotta see what this girl is tweeting about uh and now that parvati's gone we had to have you here yeah, yeah it's this is bittersweet um because i'm super excited to be talking about uh, this episode because it's a good episode but extremely tragic at the same time uh so we'll have a lot to talk about yeah my girl parvati uh i've been watching survivor since i was a little kid and uh I, I had my crush on her. My like first real crush on a on a woman was like Parvati in in Micronesia, uh, and and so it's it, it hurt my heart to see her go this week. But again, excited to talk about what went down. 
Yeah. Well, hopefully, <laughs> if you were on that island instead of Nick, her, um, then your crush would have superseded your tightness with Yule and Wendell. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would have laid down my life. <laughs> Derek and I always talk about that how if we were on a season with like Sandra or Sari we would just be like literally use us as a number we will quit at the final four to make sure you can get to the end especially yeah. Sari especially <laughs> right um and I think uh this is our first uh guest who is also an Illinois resident and um which is always very exciting for me because there's so few of us even though we're, what, like, the third most populous state in the union. And this is very fitting, because my show that you were supposed to come to was going to be today. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So we do get to hang out still. Just yeah, that's true. Person. Yeah, Gnar- Gnarly Beth was going to make an appearance literally five minutes away from my apartment. But, um, you know, Miss Rona, she had other plans for us, I guess. Miss Rona came for us. You guys were going to be the quickest graduation from online friends to IRL friends that's ever existed. Right. Well, maybe next time. Yeah, we'll be back. Yeah, there's only so much that hap- that goes on in this specific area, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's exciting stuff. Christine, right up at the top, I want to know how you feel about Sandra versus Parvati, this rivalry that will continue to go on, it seems, because I don't think that either of them have a chance to come back in the game, but I think that, like, this is not going to tame the fires of online Reddit arguments. Oh, no, it's only going to make it worse, I feel like. Um, I mean, yeah, like... I I think this is, in a way, very fitting for them to go out back-to-back just because of this rivalry that's been going on for literally a decade now. Um, my thoughts is I do love Parvati. Um, you know, this obviously all stems from, you know, the outcome of Heroes versus Villains, which is one of my, probably my favorite season ever. Um, and I think Sandra was a deserving winner of that season. Uh, but I think the argument can be my, made that Parvati played a really great game that season and, and, her fatal flaw was, of course, being too close to Russell and, you know, Russell taking out Danielle um, killed Parvati's game like she had no, you know, she was truly screwed after that. And so I'm not one of those people that thinks, you know, Parvati was robbed of heroes versus villains. Um, I think Sandra, you know, she won because she um, it's one of those one of those like kind of weird outcomes where Sandra won because she was like tried to convince She's the one person who tried to convince the heroes that Russell was bad news. But the only reason she was able to make it to the end was because she failed um, in, in that. And so it's just weird. Like, it's a really weird outcome and a really weird game. Um, and so I think they're both, like, Heroes of Villains is one of those seasons where either of them had won. I'd be, you know, I would be happy with the outcome because they both played good games. Um, mm-hmm. I think after this episode, um, I don't think this diminishes Sandra's legacy necessarily because she's still the first two-time winner. Um and to do it on her first two times, like, you know, is incredible. But based on the outcomes of this episode, Sandra's legacy is definitely, I think, more in question than Parvati's in terms of how these votes played out. I, again, I don't think um, you can now say, you know, Sandra sucks as Survivor. Um, but I do think this will continue to fan the flames because of the way they both went out. Parvati was, you know, very much swap screwed um mm-hmm. and went down swinging where sandra if she hadn't done anything would have been fine and chose to do something that sent her home i agree some truly yeah. some truly boneheaded decision making going on <laughs> from 
one of my favorite people in the world and i have to be honest about that uh just uh, truly i could not believe what i was seeing i could not believe that she didn't fire a vote any other direction after handing dan denise another idol uh russell hans must be thrilled to uh this oh week. my god I'm i sure don't want to hear from him <laughs> i'm sure he's just i mean i i would never ever go searching for his social media but i'm sure he is just floored that the two people keeping him down were taken out back to back the only person i can think of more excited that sandra went home than russell hance might be colin stone uh who i know to be a a pretty big critic of the queen ew (laughs) well to circle back around to the idea of uh their leg like their rivalry continuing like I know one tribal technically took place chronologically before the other, but can we really say who went home? Like, if they had just decided one tribe went first before the other, then that changes the statistic. So I think this is the perfect way for both of them to go home is uh, technically at the same time. And with Sandra going home to a double idol play while Parvati goes home on the same night. So... I agree that it's, I mean, it's the same round to me that it's like they are actually tied because there was no like way that the other tribe knew what had happened. So like they are actually in the same placement, which I think is funny because we also put them in our, like both of us separately ranked (laughs) them at the same exact level uh, on our (laughs) preseason ranking podcast. And yeah, I don't, and like last time Sandra played, even though she was playing a really good game, she got swap screwed. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's so many things Uh, that like, just like keeps them at the same level for me. It rhymes just like a Star Wars saga or whatever George Lucas said. (laughs) True. Yeah. It also, that happens. That's a Harry Potter thing too, where they're like, the books are similar as they start in the end. Yeah. And uh, a series of unfortunate events, but we won't go too deep into the woods (laughs) there. Um, so this is a fun uh, start to the episode because it starts with Adam once again admitting he made a horrible decision. <laughs> Immediately. He's <laughs> like, wow, it's so weird how I'm instantly in a much worse position now than I was last week. If only I had known that. Like, Instant regret. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But, this, and, this yeah. recurring, like, I like this, this, the placement of this scene in this episode with for them to have this scene, you know, take up a good chunk of the beginning of the episode and then have them not go to tribal makes me feel like Yara's probably going to go to tribal next week. I like just like, right. I feel like well, this is being set up again. I can't make heads or tails of what's going to happen to Adam and we can get into this in Edric of, uh, but Adam is someone I like, we're hearing so much from him, but it's almost always I've made a terrible, terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. Joe his voice. All of his content is about regretting his decision-making and, like, being yelled at by someone. <laughs> <laughs> when he's not, like, in their face uh, yelling at them. <laughs> um, yeah, I do we think that there's going to be another tribe around? Like, I feel like this is the moment they should be merging. Like, it should be, because they're down to, what, 12 now? So it should be twelve. Then they do. They bring someone in from Edge, and that's their thirteen, right? Like I, th- I think it's gonna be. I think based on the preview for next week, it looks like there's gonna be one more um, uh, tribe uh, round because um, I think they're gonna do uh, reentry challenge at eleven. So that t- they technically merge at twelve. Um, I, I think so too because I feel like there was nothing in the preview that like said that it was gonna be 
a merge yeah. or anything like i feel like normally they're like the merge is coming because they, like, they want to hype a big it up. episode yeah, yeah. So i feel like we would know but i agree like i really expected the next episode to be a merge right so do we think yara is going i don't know though because then it's like is there any tension to the episode because then it's just like well it's adam or maybe it'll be ben either way we win so yeah i think it's for me, what I what I read into this was because like we the two perspectives we hear in this scene are Adam and Ben. We don't hear anything from Sophie and Sarah because we know they're Ooh. kind of in the well. We do get Ben complimenting Sophie, which I did love. She's um, a good person. I was like, yes, she is. <laughs> um, but so we the two perspectives we get, of course, are Ben and Adam. They're it's going to be one of them that goes if we go to tribal. Um, and I think, you know, we're seeing Ben feel really, really confident and, and comfortable in this position. And so I think the tension for me that I read into that is, okay, is it going to be, you know, Adam because Ben is so, you know, confident or comfortable, or is Adam going to be able to pull something off? Because I do think it would be easy for Adam to convince them that Ben's a bigger threat than him. Um, because I think Adam is coming off a kind of, based on the edit, like, and based on, like, people talking about Adam I think he's coming across a bit erratic and like mm-hmm. I think him and like not erratic necessarily but just like poor decision making and right. so you know I think I think Adam has a has a like a window of opportunity to even though Ben is closer with the girls to convince them you know Ben's way more dangerous than me right plus uh, I mean Sophie needs her super goat so I'm sure she will be chopping <laughs> at the bit for that yeah, she needs her little girl to, t- to take to the end and destroy that, destroy it, final tribal. Yes. I agree, but I mean, it does seem like that. Uh, I I mean, I agree that Adam can definitely still pull something off. It's just at this time, it seems like Adam is definitely on the bottom, and like those three are so together. Both Ben and Adam have co- have confessionals about like how Ben is way closer to Sarah and Sophie than Adam is, and so I just I think that Adam might be the last pre-merge booth. Mm-hmm. I see that for him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, him giving again, Adam. I don't know what to make of him. Him getting all this content and have it all be so bad. Um, <laughs> for the most part, like he's gotten two post-challenge confessionals when his tribe is one now, which is crazy. But that I think supports him being the last uh, pre-merge boot because, like, I think he could be our like really, really visible uh, last pre-merge boot that we. I don't, I don't know. They're giving him this content now, but. I don't know. You like, know, they know we're really gonna miss it in the merge. Like, damn it! I really wish we were hearing from Adam right we're now. Thank miss God Adam we got yelling at us. <laughs> That's my yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts on Yara um, during their spring break scene? <laughs> I, I did <laughs> love their tops around. Yeah, or exactly. They <laughs> we talked about that because they used it in the preview for next week too, last week, yeah. where it's like the the witch, the wicked witch is dead, and then the uh, Sarah and Sophie are like <laughs> twirling their clothes around. Celebratory wet wet buff contest or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So should we move on to um the like the most draining, boring scene uh, like uh. of a very good episode. Hey. I'm told that this scene was hilarious and very worth the time. Who lied to you, Sam? Hey, many people told me that this was so good and they couldn't believe how funny Tyson was eating the peanut butter. And it's just like... I I was viscerally uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, the noises of him slurping the peanut butter. (laughs) Oh, I hated it. 
Yeah, yeah, this is where EOE just gets so draining. Like, I, it's especially boring because, like, Natalie got no confessional. Yeah. Um, like, just the one thing I'm looking forward to on that island. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was just, yeah, and the challenges. I, I keep, in my recaps for Insight Survivor, I always call it, like, a depressing scavenger hunt because it is, like, it's literally <laughs> just like, okay, go turn over some stones. Like, we didn't come up for with anything we're running out of ideas, like, of things to make you do on this hell island. Right. And there's, like, a little riddle, but, like, it's, like, Tyson figures it out pretty much immediately. Yeah, yeah. this this is where he like, just really drags. Yeah, it was, like, um, an even more boring version of an already boring uh, storyline that was in Australian Survivor season... I don't know what season technically it was, but it was the one that Jericho won. Yeah, he had just this yeah, his whole storyline of I have a secret jar of cookies, like, and that was like his entire pre-merge storyline was having no jar of cookies that he ate from. Yeah. So this was just a very condensed, even less interesting version of that. My whole thing about this segment is I, I mean, this has nothing to do with scavenger hunt, but I did love that Amber said, and I'm thinking, oh God, not another log challenge. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Like, that was once she again, Amber, <laughs> once again, Amber is saying the thing that I'm thinking. I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, but it still is. But I don't understand what, like, isn't the point of Edge of Extinction so that we see these players still interact? And it's like, Rob and Amber are together on a Survivor beach for the first time since 2004, and we have they we don't, they don't hear anything exchange. about that. Yeah, they don't exchange any words that we see at all. Rob well, does. There's a secret scene, I don't know if you saw, where it's, like, at night, and it's, like, Rob and Amber, like, sitting by the fire, and Rob says, oh, I have a wife, and you don't have one, and then (laughs) Natalie says, Amber was my wife before you showed up. Oh, I love that. I wish we'd seen that. Like, that was, like, it seemed like kind of a fun scene, but, like, I, again, like, just the nature of EOE, and especially an episode with two boots and a challenge, and Mm -hmm. three tribes, like you like in only like a you know 45 minutes of episode like it has to be condensed into the the most boring thing possible because it's all we have time for right rob and amber do go scavenger hunting together on this which doesn't make any sense to me because you'd think they would trust each other the most and they would split up and search for (laughs) clues but they didn't anyway that's a classic scooby-doo mistake you never split up and look for clues (laughs) yeah Rob is talking to Amber about the clue, and he says, like, he's quoting it back to her, and he's talking about how it's probably on the cliffside because Edge has a double meaning. And I'm sort of thinking Edge has a triple meaning for them (laughs) here on Edge of Extinction (laughs) because, you know, they can't do what they're good at. Um, and also, we get a quick, like, flash flash sideways, I guess I'll use the word, of, like, Harvey <laughs> oh, yeah. receive, receives the idol nullifier, which my note was, did, have they just not changed the prop since David versus Goliath? It's still the, like, same, the same spear one? design. Yeah, it's like, okay, okay, production, we get, we get it. You're just, like, literally not trying when it comes to Edge, like... <laughs> I don't understand how the process for the idol nullifier works, and hopefully I never have to, but... I mean, it's out of the game now, apparently. Yeah, it was useless for her. (laughs) But, like, if she were to use it, does that mean she has to vote last and then put it over top of all the votes? I don't understand what the, like, logistics of using it are. So you, like, when you go to vote, you like it doesn't matter what order you vote like the voting is in but when you, you go to vote if you're poverty and you haven't you're going to use it you vote for who you're going to vote for for the regular vote and then 
you like on the back of the idle nullifier write who you're going to idle nullify and then if someone plays an idol, Jeff pulls that out first. Right, but couldn't the person? Couldn't someone look at? Like, couldn't some? Isn't someone gonna see that the idol nullifier is in the urn? Um, I think the way like I I'm think pretty, they grab out. They, I think time, they like right? after every vote they like grab out, out take out the vote so you can't like maybe oh, see. That I'm sure that's sense. a bit of the production magic. They just like actually are because it's like they vote in an urn and then they put the votes in like a different urn with that has like dividers yeah um, so jeff knows to pull it out so i think they do like just pull it out that mm-hmm. makes so much sense <laughs> <laughs> why, why was i wow. so concerned about that okay <laughs> we're learning so much <laughs> we're truly like inside survivor <laughs> Um, yeah, God, when I was, like, so excited when, like, you know, Tyson found something that could maybe get sent to Parvati, and then it was the most useless thing for her. Like, <laughs> She's I, like, thanks. The one I person can... who, like, needed the idol <laughs> gets an idol nullifier. Like, I just like this, the idol nullifier in general, um, but I just like it even more now that it, like, came at the most inopportune time <laughs> for Parvati. Yeah. Like, there was literally anything else. A vote steal, an extra vote, like, mm-hmm. an idol safety about power, like, like any anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it might as well have just been, like, a puck of, like, it's just a hockey puck they gave her. <laughs> like, you can't do anything with this. It's just a trinket you receive. Um. They should have let her bequeath that to Michelle, and it count as, like, 500 fire tokens or something. <laughs> it is way bigger than a fire token. Exactly. Um, so then we I, move on. Wait, I wanted to say, I mean, that jar of peanut butter was way bigger than I expected. It's huge. Yeah. Do we think it was crunchy or creamy? I couldn't tell. I think it's creamy. I think it was creamy. The worst kind. I exclusively use creamy. Yeah, I'm a creamy, creamy gal. <sighs> I've I've discovered they have an extra crunchy, so man, wow. it's just the best. Live it on top. Jar of peanuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's essentially what I want for my peanut butter. It's just like um, a crunched up peanuts with like a thin layer of oil, like vaguely keeping it connected. I need an extra creamy so I can just drink it straight out of the tube. Drink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gogurt. That, that, that's the magic of extra creamy peanut butter. It's a liquid. Oh my god. Um. So yeah, uh, next up we have, all I have written is weird Wendell moment, so can you guys refresh me what that's that means? That's when Wendell tries to throw, this is the challenge, he tries to throw the... Uh, yes, that's the weird Wendell moment. Jeff, <laughs> like, shuts him down. It's yeah. so that's awkward. That's, like, just the start of Wendell getting terrible content this episode. Oh god, yeah. But we yeah. do get Sophie's psychic, which yes. is great. I love that just... for her. <laughs> The winner edit continues strong and proud. I they love have... you, Jeff, say, wow, in, in response to something <laughs> Wow, Sophie that's a, says. Winner's, a winner's instincts kicking in. Um, I thought it was interesting that only the two-time winners sat out of this challenge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, Michelle and Sandra. I'm sad we didn't get, like, anything from them. They should give them, like, toy, like, some sort of game to play with over there on the bench or something, just to get some sort of interaction between two people. God, this this challenge is heartbreaking, because, like, Par- I knew Parvati's fate was in Nick's hands, like, yeah. and, and to have Sophie be the one to win the challenge. Like, I wanted Sophie to succeed, but I knew Parv was going home if Blue didn't win this, and, like, just... Yeah. 
I mean, this was a worst case scenario because, like, we know Sophie is going to be fine on that tribe. Like, she has every tool she needs to be okay. Mm-hmm. And Parvati, like we said, had none of the tools. Yeah. I wrote down in my notes, like, it was gay stand st- Twitter's worst nightmare because it was, like, <laughs> Parvati versus Sophie and it came down to Nick winning the challenge or not. Horrible. It is bad, but selfishly, I... I'm happier that Sophie was completely safe. <laughs> selfishly, you're selfishly yeah, happy. Selfishly. Um, yeah, they had. Yeah, she got into the inner circle, which was a phrase Jeff used. I want to say like five different times to describe what was happening. Which I swear, isn't that a thing on the circle of the show? Like, is there an inner circle, or am I just completely making that up? No, that's there. No, there's no inner circle. Damn they're, it! Well, they they're like influencers. Ew, that's stupider. The Inner Circle, what the hell? They should have hired me for their weird Netflix reality TV show. It's about social media, Derek. But, um, but whatever. <laughs> Christine, do you have any thoughts on the actual, like, physical aspects of this challenge? <laughs> do, you, do you have any takeaways or anything any you want to say about it? Feelings <laughs> about putting a bag of rice through an octagon? Yeah, table. like... Like, like, I love seeing everyone, like, rip into the bags of rice. I can't remember, it's... like... It's very just visceral. like it's very upsetting to watch it like stab. I think it was like Yule who like did it really quick. Um, yeah, yeah no. A, have any, you either of you seen Zodiac by David Fincher? It's been a while, but yes. Like, there's I, like a scene where someone gets stabbed and it feels very real. It's like it brings that to mind. <laughs> like oh god. Yeah, I mean any challenge with balls where Jeff is saying the inner circle, the danger zone. I, <laughs> I enjoy. Um, I like this challenge I mean I like when they use rice and like they have to get it through water because it just holds it so much uh, and it gets heavier and heavier Um, and that's it (laughs) takeaway I loved watching Sophie do the maze because she really did it like very um, precariously where she pushed the ball around like the outside rim of like three different obstacles in the maze. And so she like got to the center really quickly. Uh, And I liked how Jeff was trying as hard as he could to make it seem like the other teams were anywhere close to how (laughs) like the end of the green team was. Yeah, I love when you can tell when that's happening. (laughs) Like. The camera keeps cutting a lot, like, too much, and Jeff, like, is really dragging it out. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff said, like, it's a race. It's <laughs> like, I it's swear, it's competitive. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'd love to see Sophie thrive here. Um, mm-hmm. She's really proving to be really strong in these, uh, like, puzzle-y portions of the challenge. So, again, so fierce. I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, I'm... I'm after this week, I'm going to be changing my username from Parvati Shallow's Reply Guy to Sophie Clark's Reply Guy, which I was temporarily after yes. Sophie found the idol. And um, so, yeah, Sophie was my preseason winner pick. So Mine too. Wow. Yeah, well, so... mine pre-game winner pick. When they flew out, I said, I think Sophie's going to win. But then on this podcast, I said Tyson. Mm. Yeah, for clarity. Well, we well. saw how that turned out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So do we want to move on into even more horrifying Wendell interactions? <laughs> <laughs> like his body language in this scene with Michelle is so upsetting. He just looks like so over everything she's saying. Is like his hands are behind his back. Like he like <laughs> very closed off from whatever Michelle's saying. It made me very sad. Yeah, this is like when I was especially writing my recap, I tried to be kind of because again, like with editing and stuff, like I, I think it's important to recognize that Wendell is in the 
position of power here and so like he's in terms of like negotiating something uh, you know you're gonna have to make a really strong argument to him because he is like a free ride to the merge basically with these numbers and so like i try i i want to also recognize because wendell's getting a lot of hate for this episode like yeah me- a messed up level um and and so like I, i'm trying to also recognize you know it's a bummer to see him like turn down poverty michelle so much uh, but it, it just, makes like, the most sense. <laughs> it totally makes sense. He made the right decision for himself. However, right. no amount of editing can, like, you know, his body language and, like, the way he's, you know, talking to Michelle and Parvati, Michelle in particular, especially with their history, is, like, yeah. is upsetting. And, like, well, you can yeah, tell it's, be... it's upsetting for Michelle. Yeah. To be fair to Wendell, it's like, okay, imagine having to be on an island with your ex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's Michelle Fitzgerald. You better be nice to her. Yeah, while I would have really appreciated Wendell tanking his game to <laughs> make my dreams come true, um, I, like, it's it's so annoying. I mean, this is happening with Drag Race also this week, and we can talk about that later, so I, people, I don't spoil anyone who wants to still watch the episode. But, like, I can't believe that people are out there, like, tagging these people in, like, racist and just, like, Ugh, really yeah, violently crazy. awful tweets about, like, who went home on a reality show? Yeah. Yeah, and like especially in this episode, it really didn't really come down to Wendell. It was gonna come down to Nick. Yeah, yeah. We should be mad at Nick. We have a lot of to be mad at Nick. We should be adding Nick and telling him to like get off his weird alt right soapbox and like. Stop watching Infowars. That was yes. my weird. That was a weird take. That was a weird thing to, too, because like Yule and Wendell are the people who have pregame relationships with our queens on this tribe. It, but it it comes down to Nick because like well we don't we like have stopped hearing from Yule since the premiere, so we don't really know what's going on with him. I mean, um, he didn't have a confessional at all this episode, did yeah, he? Yeah, and I'm sure we'll so. get into that in Edgic, but yeah, like yeah. Yule was nowhere this episode. I said the only thing like reference we got to him was Parvati like name checking him to say that his he was completely closed off, mm-hmm. um, like Parvati queen of body language. Um, <laughs> like using her like weird yoga namaste like <laughs> vibes <laughs> to, in the like, auras. In yes. the auras. I did really like that this uh, scene highlighted that Michelle and Parvati are best friends. <laughs> oh my yes. god! Sitting in the swing, I literally screamed. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, iconic visual moments from Survivor. Do you think that, that was staged? It looked very fake. <laughs> yeah. I don't care either it way. Fake. It looked, yeah. <laughs> it looked like, like Photoshop. How dare you? Don't you ever just like hang out with your bestie and you both sit on a gigantic swing and look off in the middle distance in like exact opposite direction. Eating out directions. It was so out the camera. Funny. No, yes. yeah, that felt, that was like so funny. And like, I, so like, di- like it was one of the things I wonder, like, were they like, oh, the, they're, the, the girls are going to eat this up. Like, cause I feel like, like she's pretty aware of her like fan base. And like, like the gays, and yeah. I just, I, I like feel like I just wonder like how much are you thinking about like, oh people are gonna love this because I know like on like Game Changers I know there was like the story about like Andrea mentioning like, I think to like Sierra like this season's gonna be awful people are gonna hate this like, <laughs> <laughs> just being very self. I, I wonder if there's like this pairing recognized like how iconic they were going to be for so many people. <laughs> well, that's like them last week where they were like, let's go something to drool over right and i don't know if they were talking about the boys on the beach or the fans at home but it worked for both of them yes 
<laughs> Another I, funny detail I noticed was, um, sorry to cut you off, Sam. No, it's okay. uh, any other thoughts on? No, I think what I can say, what I was going to say, sh- can s- wait till after we talk about Edric. Oh, okay. Well, I was just going to say that it's funny. It was funny. Um, Parvati said something like, I feel like you're fucking with me. And then Wendell out- like, refused to like curse. Jace, response. I feel like you're messing with me. <laughs> Why yeah, won't he swear? It was very funny. It was like, did he, like, I don't know. It made me feel like, is he a parent? But he definitely it doesn't have children. So it was very confusing. Like, why are you so concerned about little ears listening? I am was- obs- kind of obsessed with this conversation because they were being really brutally honest with each other about, like, the game. And, like, yeah. not even, I mean, they, they said that they think that they're messing with each other. And, like, they, like, were just, like, fully on like, in truth about, like, how they feel about how the interaction is going strategically for both of them, which is something that I feel doesn't really happen. True. Yeah, Yeah, it was was like, total, like, deadlock of, like, and again, like, Parvati is in the position where she, you know, she really needs to be making Wendell, you know, a big offer, um, which, you know, she can't even really trust him. Like, you know, if she, so she gives him her fire tokens, what's to say he's not just going to vote her off? Who would but, ever do such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just like, you know, you totally get why Wendell is not budging because he's in the position of power, and you totally get why Parvati's not budging because there's a very good chance Wendell's going to screw her over. And so there's just, like, total deadlock of, of you know, being, you know, this impassable um, moment. And yeah. then, but I did like that Parvati did try to like take that. Okay, if I can't make this work, I'll use this information to go a different direction with Nick. And you know, obviously that didn't work out. But I, I was really glad we got to see Parvati really go down swinging, and um, you know, make a good play. I think, which is okay. This thing is with Wendell isn't going to work out. I'm going to use this information as currency to maybe, um, you know, swing Nick. Which again, mm-hmm. I hated that it came down to Nick because I don't right. trust him. Um, yeah, it makes me curious. Like, uh, presumably there was a conversation between Yule and Parvati then that we didn't see because it's like logically you would think they would have the most connection since they were both on Cook Islands, but like it's pretty clear that that isn't the case. So it's a uh, it's weird that we didn't get to see at least one like one little scene of her talking to him at all. Yeah, all we know about them is that she didn't know his wife's name. <laughs> his wife's name, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was sad. So, um, any other thoughts on this sad green tribe before we move on? No, to, uh... I mean, I liked that. Um, like, Michelle was kind of, like, from the beginning of the scene, she knew that, like, poverty was going home, yeah. kind of. And she, like, she was, like, I, she just wanted it to be... It, it, to me, it was a lot like when Ju- Julia went home in Korang, where, like, her best friend was going home, and she just had to make that work for her, uh, and I hope that she's able to do that. Yeah, yeah no, that was impressive. Yeah, I'm sad she didn't have, like, a bouquet of flowers to adorn herself with, like she did for the Julia boot, like... Talk about iconic looks. They were still serving at Tribal tonight, uh, oh, which okay. we could talk about after we talk about the call. The seafoam shawl, <laughs> yes. Yeah, both like, shawls. Michelle, yes. Michelle Fitzgerald was <laughs> out and about tonight. Yeah, shawling uh, about. Um, the so, other thing yes. I, I just want to say, I do, I yeah. like the whole Wendell Michelle dynamic is so awkward, but I do love <laughs> that it's giving Michelle an opportunity to like every confessional be like when we were dating like yeah <laughs> that was like oh my god 
it's like this so is... funny again like returning player seasons do have this opportunity for these weird previous relationships not always to this extent uh but i'm really enjoying this storyline yeah yes. i mean as wendell said so eloquently this is the season of pre-game relationships and friendships <laughs> the only one that has ever had pre-game relationships <laughs> yeah that was funny um so uh yeah let's uh move on to the call where tony as sophie oh, continues to rock it higher and higher tony just came screaming to the ground <laughs> shattering into a million pieces in front of our eyes i i mean the spy poker <laughs> was very funny i it was great i, was I mean yeah it's great tv but yeah it was just so funny to me like thinking about how last week I was, like, getting more and more convinced it was Tony, maybe over Sophie, but this was just, like, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, for for Tony, this is the first time we see Tony really be old Tony again. We saw yeah. him, he was being funny in the previous episodes, but again, he's in the majority in this tribe, and just to, like, immediately be like, all right, I have to spy on everyone you know it's not a good look and it was very funny that it just didn't work like sandra's like let's let's go away from the well let's go away from the well. <laughs> let's talk no somewhere else everyone's was... like where is tony where is tony where is tony and it just like yeah they yeah. made it sound like he like felt maybe fell asleep in there or something because he literally was not in any of the scenes <laughs> yeah like, again he had no reason to be doing this yeah, um, and apparently according to kim he does this a lot and we just hadn't seen it like she said every this. time yeah, so that was interesting too. Um, I yeah, it, it's. I mean, you said that they like that he's in the majority, uh, and that's true, and that's like sort of what the vibe was from Sandra and Kim also when they were talking to Denise and Jeremy. Like, Sandra had conversations with both Jeremy and Denise about like how we're probably going to stick together. And probably Denise, 100% that's what's happening, is what yeah. she said. And she's like, and how does that affect you? And Jeremy was like, badly, because I'm not with you. Jeremy was so funny this episode. Yeah. Um, and she had the same conversation with Denise, where Denise was like, well, I want to work with you guys, and I would appreciate honesty with how, like, what you think is going to happen. And Sandra's like, we're solid because we're on the right side of the numbers. Uh, is that the truth that you wanted? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, can we also celebrate Jeremy and Michelle um, being, neither of them being the target? Like, we love that. Anyway, what were you going to say? <laughs> I, just, I, we, I think it was interesting. We do see, like, Denise and Jeremy make two very different uh, arguments to keep them, that it's, like, very much in line with each of their gameplay. Like, you know, like, if you're in the minority here, um, you know, Denise's argument is, you know, I, like... I'm not a big threat, but I'll, I, she plays up her relationships. Like I'll work with you. You can work with me. Whereas Jeremy, you know, plays, is trying to uh, play more to Tony's fears of like needing a shield. Um, and of course that seems like for the way the vote shakes out, Jeremy's argument works better. Um, but it was, yeah. I, I did like, I, I was glad we got to see both of their conversations with the Dakal majority because you do see the kind of, you know, the, the big thing with the season is big threats versus small threats. And you see the way big threats like Jeremy, you know, can can argue their case in small threats, quote unquote, like Denise. Although after this episode, uh, I would say she's not so small a threat anymore, even though she's incredibly yeah. small. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah Jeremy she... even used the context of Boston Rob having just gone out like for his advantage, which I thought was pretty cool. He was like, yeah, like we all, or I, maybe Tony said this, but they were like, yeah, we all thought that we were going to be able to hide behind Rob at the merge, but now he's gone. So like n now more than ever, we need all of us to stick together or whatever. Right. 
And if they had known Parvati had just gone home, like, literal minutes before, I'm sure that would have just increased his <laughs> argument even more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is so, sad. That, yeah. Losing Boston, yeah, losing Rob, Parvati, and Sandra all in a row is, um, it's tough stuff. Well, Tyson, Rob, Parvati, like, all the villains. <laughs> in the, in, as friend of the pod, Michael LeClaire points out, in the order they went out in Heroes vs. Villains. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Oh, wow. Love that. Love it. Uh, yes. Uh, it's funny talking about, like, the circle of threats is growing ever wider. <laughs> like, it started to include Tyson, and now it includes Jeremy, like you said. Like, how is Jeremy part of this group? <laughs> Look, I can understand Jeremy way more than I can understand Tyson being part of, like, the big threat group. Well, that one I understand because it's like, well, yeah, he just hangs out with those people more, so that makes more sense. Yeah, but it it's goes like... back to the poker thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's get into this move. Um, the unthinkable. This, this <laughs> J, not since JT Thomas have we seen such a... Uh, An unforced uh, error. <laughs> well, I guess Kelly Kim did this too, but at least what she wanted to have happen happened. Uh, I, Sandra, <laughs> this is the last time she'll be able to play her idol... So instead of letting it die, I like can't even say it. Uh, she gives it to Denise. Say I was struggling. Uh, uh, it just doesn't make any. It doesn't make any. Like I understand why she wants it to have happen. She wants to form a relationship with Denise, and she wants Tony or Jeremy to go home instead of Denise, so that they can work together. And then I also don't understand it from Denise's perspective, where it's like. Clearly, San- like whether Sandra wants you in her pocket or wants to work with you, it's clearly someone who doesn't view you as a threat who wants to go further in the game with you. So I don't understand why you would use this to take out Sandra and not like Tony, because I don't under- I-, I don't think we've seen her have a relationship with Tony at all. I don't think that her style of play aligns with Tony, and I don't think and like all, all- the one who she. So I don't understand it from either perspective. Yeah, I think maybe if it wasn't Sandra who gave it to her, like, gave an idol to her, I feel like maybe Denise would have voted for Tony, because it's like, if Sandra gives you her idol, I feel like that, like, increases the, like, maybe that put the thought in her mind of, ooh, what if I take out Sandra with her own idol? Like, and also, maybe she also didn't want to give up her other fire token that she was going to give to Sandra, so... Like, I think Sandra just gave her reasons to vote for her instead of Tony, (laughs) Yeah, like, I think as Denise mentions, you know, and she's a confessional where she's like, Sandra's not doing this out of the goodness of her heart. Like, this is a selfish move. She's, like, she's trying to, like, advance her own game. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think, I do think the better move for Denise would have been to get Tony out. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, with her style of gameplay, with, again, Tony being such an erotic player, like, I think it, it would have made sense to get Tony out. But I do think... Denise was right to recognize that, like, you know, Sandra's still playing for Sandra. And I think Denise, with this move, is hoping to bring herself closer with Jeremy by being like, look, I played an idol for you. I'm, I could have voted, I had the power to take out whoever I wanted, and I saved you and took out Sandra. Um, mm-hmm. you know, she, and, and Denise has known, been on a tribe with Jeremy for longer. Again, with, the, with Sandra, she's been on a tribe with, uh, with Sandra and Denise have been on a tribe together for like six days. We have, we, we haven't seen them talk before this. <laughs> like, yeah, it's right. just, I, I think I understand Denise's line of thinking with,
why she voted Sandra and kept Tony like more than I understand how Sandra got to this decision. Just because, again, she's in the majority. She has an idol that she has to play here. Her name has not come up. You're putting your, you're giving Denise, you're going to trust that Denise isn't going to write your name down. And then to not write down another name. I know she wrote Denise's name down to not tip anyone off. But mm-hmm. it it was putting a lot of trust in someone you don't know that well. Right. And you are, you have a, you're the first two-time winner. You have a massive target on your back. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, maybe she really trusted Denise because Denise was rocking the uh, Sokka uh, warrior wolf tail, as he calls it. <laughs> like, looked exactly like um, Sokka from Avatar: The Last Airbender. So I would trust her implicitly, regardless of her being Denise stately. I think this is more of a testament to Denise's social game. I think Denise comes across like as very, you know, again, like in, in the, what she said, played humbly. I think she played that really well mm-hmm. in, in that. And so I think this is, you know, this is looks bad for Sandra, but I think I'm coming away with it more impressed, not even necessarily with Denise's idol play, but her social play to like the way mm-hmm. she handled Sandra asking her, like, you know, her shock at like Sandra offering her an idol and then one token now, one token later. And for Sandra to agree to that, like, I think it's more of a testament to how skilled of a social player Denise is. Um, and she had kind of had a rough start to the season um, mm-hmm. on, on, on Sele. So like, I walked away from this more like impressed with Denise's social game than anything. Definitely. Right. I thought Denise was great. I loved it when Sandra was like, "I'm if you give me two fire tokens, I'll give you immunity. And Denise was like, are you talking about a fucking idol? <laughs> but I don't think that Sandra would have done this if her idol wasn't going to die after mm-hmm. this round. Right. Um, but, like, I do, I, I agree. And it's, it's great that Sandra was willing to, like, just, like, lose someone she'd been with for so long uh, to go and try to work with someone new. Uh, and that's, that's like, definitely what you're saying. Like, that's testament to Denise's social game. Um, I loved what Denise, like, when they're on the, there's a scene of them on the beach talking about it, too, where they do the exchange of one fire token, now one fire token later. And Denise is, like, crouched. Like, her, her, her knees are up, and, like, she's standing on her feet. Like, she's in, like, a weird crouch. And, like, she she's, like, Rafiki. She's, like, Yoda. Like, she looks like this weird, wise crazy spirit like person and like it's you i like can't i you i was re-watching it this morning and i like cannot believe it's the same person who won philippines like she's like this season of denise like she, it's, she's just coming across so different and like in a really fun way that like it's just sides of her that i don't think i remember seeing ever before from her and i just think it's so i very just so different and i i i love denise even I that's that's how I feel. I love Denise. <laughs> yeah, I think going into the season with with Denise having kind of a rougher start on Zelle, I saw a good point made, which was on when she was on Philippines, she was playing like she was on like one of the worst tribes ever, playing with some of the most erratic, not erratic, but weirdest people like, uh, you know, he who will not be named, um, you know, le- like plaques of life lady, like Maria. like and she was like playing and like with really weird people but she had like one person malcolm she could always turn to and now she's in a game where like for the most part people are pretty rational and and are playing really hard and so i think you know i because of the first day at sally like she's like oh we can't just walk to the well and because people will think you're strategizing right. um whereas on philippines it was like you know probably yeah. really like, hitting scooping in the head with a coconut like what's going on in that season? <laughs> your chaos <laughs> <laughs> yeah and 
and so like I think you know that rough start maybe can be partially attributed to that but I think you know Denise is coming here to play and she showed that with this episode right. um I do want to highlight the, the, there's that moment in the shelter when like Denise and Sandra are talking about it and then like Kim just like again Kim we can talk about Kim's edit and edit Kim I don't know what to make of her Kim just like walks up and just stands there <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of that scene in the first episode where no one's talking to her and she just kind of like standing there extremely tall and like <laughs> and then but then Sandra like just immediately changes the conversation to like ice cream or something cookies like, and cream cookies and, and cream cupcakes. and Denise is like I love cupcakes and cookies <laughs> just like I feel like that Kim picture, like scene is just going to be a reaction image because it's just her walking up to that was just looking so like just blank was so funny to me yeah, um, another cookies mo- like Angie Layton, her shadow looms large over Winners at War. Oh, she's thriving this season. <laughs> it's Denise's <Cookies> impact. <laughs> yes. Impact. Um, yeah, I think we can all agree, though, that I've seen some people refer to um, Denise's second idol as a wasted idol. I think that's just like, I think we can all agree that doesn't, that's like a really wrong-headed way of looking at this. Like, it wasn't really a, a wasted idol because, like we said, like Denise had no way of knowing if they were gonna split on her and Jeremy. Like they, she had no way of knowing it, it wasn't gonna be her, like either her or Jeremy. So it made the most absolute sense to play an idol for Jeremy, regardless yeah. of whether he got votes or not. I don't know if I agree with that because Sandra gave her the idol, telling her that they're all gonna vote for her. And right, so but like, it's like, I mean, you, you know you, for sure. Like, yeah, you might not believe that, but like. I don't, I I do agree that it might not be a wasted idol, but I do think that, like, it's just covering her bases, but I think that it's just, like, unnecessary. Especially in a game where, like, she probably assumes the merge is coming next, or soon. So, like, I don't know if she would, like, I mean, yeah, she'd be next to go if Jeremy went home, but, like, I don't know. I don't think it's a waste, but I don't think it's, like, excellent either. I mean, I think... I, like, I mean, like, it's true that, like, she had the information that her name was being written down, but I think when you look at it, like, risk, like, the level of risk of of not playing an idol for Jeremy is, you know, she can tell, like, Sandra's clearly putting her trust in her, but I think if Sandra was, you know, really want to make sure she was safe, she would have thrown a vote on Jeremy, and then the Sandra vote and the Jeremy vote would have tied, Jeremy would have gone on the the re-vote, most likely, and... Uh, so Denise would not only lose Jeremy, but also tip Sandra off that she was going to screw her over. And, right. and, and so when you look at the, the risk versus, you know, I, I think it, again, like she, if she hadn't played the idol on Jeremy, she would have gotten lucky and didn't need it. But I think it's the same thing with like Parvati playing the two idols at the, you know, heroes versus villains, uh, merge tribal, you know, a lot of people refer to like, oh, she didn't need to play both of them, but you still it was the smart thing to do in case her intel was bad on where the votes were going. This, In this case, there were less people and maybe better information. But I think, you know, I, I think with idols, if you are in any doubt, you should you should play, play it like, and trust right. your gut. And I think she might have had that little doubt of what if one vote goes to Jeremy. I, and so, like, I agree it's not, like, it, it wasn't necessary and wasn't, like, an amazing play just because... You know, it's flashy. It doesn't make I mean, it's amazing that she played two idols. But I think it was based on the information she had and the potential outcome. I think it made a lot of sense. It's interesting right. that you say that about Parvati's double idol play because, I mean, I have quibbles with it being 
the best move of all time, as many people say. <laughs> but I think that it makes that it makes way more sense for Parvati to play both of her idols in that moment because she's covering all of her bases. Because I, I mean, not to reach. I mean, we've done a lot of retreading of various heroes versus villains <laughs> moments during this podcast already. But I just think that like Danielle's immune. They think the heroes think that Russell's working with them. Um, what what all is happening? Oh, Jer- Jerry and Sandra are like they blah blah blah, and then. Amanda's straight up lying to her about whatever. And it's it's gonna be five versus five on top as long as Parvati plays both. Um and so like I just think that it's it makes far more sense for Parvati to play both of her idols in that moment than like Denise to do this now. But I mean we don't need to go into that, but that's just what I was saying. Look, I'm just going to say, maybe Denise knew, maybe the tribes actually, like, walked right past each other, and they're just like, oh, hey, Parvati got voted off. So Denise is like, you know what? I'm going to honor Parv with my own double eye to play. So there you go. Maybe. <laughs> Did you even think of that, Sam? Uh, that must have been what uh, occurred. Yes. <laughs> I, let, we can talk We can talk more about the specifics after we go through the tribals, I yeah, guess. Yeah, we haven't even um, gotten to the tribal we, yet. We, oh, sort of, we like sort of skipped strategically. <laughs> well, I mean, Sele, it's like all that happened was Wendell continued to like just like like say, I don't know, just had a bad episode, I feel like. I mean, it still worked out for him, but it felt like he was just saying a lot of things that like didn't need to be said like to Parvati's face, like yeah, I will turn on you, like, or I'll turn on these people if you give, like, just give me a name right now. It's just like, why are you doing this right now? It's very weird. He must have talked to Nick and Yule about that sort of stuff, because, like, otherwise there's, like, it's just such an insane conversation for them to have in front of all, the entire tribe, if, like, they weren't aware that this was going to happen. Right, it was very, like, like, tribal theater, I guess, but it still was just, like, not an interesting thing or it's like what does that serve like how does that help your game at all <laughs> other than maybe giving you more airtime, i guess this was like i mean what everything that happened in this first tribal was basically just a retread of what happened in the camp life scene they just had all those conversations over again yeah which made it weird that this was the tribal they chose to go to commercial in the middle of like we wanted more of to call i think rather than Sele. like yeah it really wasn't there there but I think they wanted to end on the double idol play. Right. But I mean, like, they could have just, like, voted off Parvati, then cut to commercial, then just, like, the entire rest of the episode can be that tribal. To me. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, now I see what you're saying. Like, right, instead of, like, her. yeah. Like, this, ooh, is it going to be exactly who we know it's going to be? I don't know. <laughs> this tribal just confirms for me that Michelle and Parvati are the greatest survivor duo of all time. Yes. There's never been a more powerful, stronger strategic and emotional social bond on the island. Um, if the swap had shook out in a different way, I think we would see them, uh, the second split final tribal vote uh, tie and then the third person can't decide and rips their paper in half and writes one name down on one half and one name down on the other half, I think they would have both won the season if this uh, weird offshoot double tribal council hadn't happened this episode. I think that uh, Parvati was robbed of $1 million. They would have split it. They would have split it in half. Yes, perfect. (laughs) Uh, 
that ties into my uh, working edge theory that we can get into later <laughs> about where the season is actually heading. Ooh. <laughs> um. So yeah, Sele, not much. Do like, is there any other thoughts yeah, either of you have? It, it like wasn't fun. It was just like unco- kind of uncomfortable with like the again bringing up the Michelle and Wendell like yeah. you know you know and the, again Wendell's so not wanting to work and then we have this you know part again this standoff where neither of them will say a name and it's just again like it majorly retread everything from the the camp life scene and like i think they built up wendell negatively enough where there was this kind of like maybe wendell will go here will go home here but like it's still logically again you could work out it was going to be poverty what you know no matter how it shook out and so yeah it wasn't a particularly fun tribal i, I loved how pissed poverty looked um and like slammed down her torch i was like that um she was so bad at putting her torch in the hole like she's so she's she's never had, she hasn't, she hasn't had to do it in so long <laughs> she's like how does this work <laughs> like you should have like had it held it upside down or something <laughs> um so yeah, and any other parting thoughts before we move on to the real fireworks factory of DePaul? Um, Michelle is now as ri- is now as rich as Natalie. Yes. Which I love to see. We do. Yes. Perfect. They're gonna solve world hunger together. Who needs two million dollars when you have four fire tokens? <laughs> They're essentially the same. One is equivalent to less than a baby, but more than <laughs> more than an idol or something. I don't. Know. <laughs> um. So yeah, DePaul. I feel like this one, it's funny, both tribals, Jeff asks the question, what do you think the theme of this season is? And both times I wanted someone to just say, it's Winners at War, Jeff, like, it's on the buff. I don't understand what you're asking. But it's funny that they gave, like, two very different answers. Um, It was like, Wendell, I believe, said, this is the season of uh, pre-existing relationships, which makes sense that he would say that. And then Kim, I believe, said something about, like, it just being very in flux or something, like... Big There's threats versus little threats. Threat. Yeah. yeah. I'm sad people aren't picking up on lions versus hyenas. I like that a lot. It feels more <laughs> unique than big threat threats versus little threats. Because I feel like that was game changers, too. Yeah. For this tribal, I was just like, it was so short. Like, again, this is coming up to, like, EOE, like, having an EOE segment in an episode with two boots. Like, so this tribal was so rushed. And... Yeah. I, I think, and I think the the Sele one didn't. They could have cut some time from the Sele one because it rehashed so much of of you know what was going on at camp. This I just that was one of my notes. Is this tribal felt so rushed, and then again, but also kind of rehashed. We heard big threats, little threats. Denise again makes an appeal to relationships. They talked about they 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 try to throw in this thing about challenge strength, which is so weird to me. Denise is like one of is like an incredible challenge competitor. Mm-hmm. She's so strong, yeah. like she's like she's so like she's like I don't even know the solid. She's like a solid CrossFit thick, queen. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and she she swims like she's really really good in the challenges. So that's like it's just like a bullshit reason because the numbers are working out that way. But like and because it's, she's it's an a, older woman, quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just the thing. That, that's what their mind goes to. It's like if challenge strength was a thought, Sandra would be gone. <laughs> and she is. <laughs> and so maybe that's what <laughs> that was the ultimate like full circle moment. It was about challenge <laughs> performance. Wait, we, speaking of, we didn't talk about it, but uh, with by sitting on this challenge, this was the episode where Sandra passed Courtney, right? 
Because I think there yes. was some confusion about it. So people thought it was last episode, but it was actually this, this episode. Yes. Yes. Rob says congratulations. Wow, lied to the people. <laughs> he lied to everyone. <laughs> congratulations, Sandra. Last hey. episode, she tied. This episode, she surpassed. Rice and beans. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. And now we now we have a definitive answer on who is the biggest challenge sitter outer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we the the rivalries between Sandra and Parvati and Sandra and Courtney one has finally been laid to rest. <laughs> and one that's will never we, be laid to rest. I mean, we that's why we need dynamic duos. Come on, <laughs> so they can settle this real beef. Parvati and Amanda versus Sandra and Courtney. <laughs> um, actually, it's gonna be Parvati and Michelle. Oh this. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> More um, winners. Yes. <laughs> um. So, do we want to get into? I don't even know. What do we go straight into next time on? Um, well, I did love that we Jeremy gifted us. Jeremy gifted us with another wonderful metaphor. He's like a duck. Uh, <laughs> above the water, he is so calm, and below the water, he's like this. Uh, which I thought was funny. Also, very prescient. Timing, I just watched the pilot of The Sopranos last night, which is all about ducks. Wow. <laughs> he knew that was... His mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> His big, beautiful mind. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, I mean, of course, we have the idol play here. And I think the last thing I'll say about that is I think whether or not, like, you know, evaluating how good of a move this is for Denise, for me, is going to rely a lot on how close it brings Jeremy to her. Because mm-hmm. I think that is, by her playing both idols, one for herself and one for Jeremy, one of the big you know, potential gains of that is bringing in Jeremy even closer to her. And Jeremy, you know, she's not someone who needs a shield, but, you know, partnering with Jeremy, you know, might not be a, uh, a bad idea because he's much more likely to get targeted than her. Um, and it's interesting, uh, it's interesting that this happened to Jeremy because Jeremy has played an idol on Steven before. And the takeaway that like every time Steven talks about that, he's like, as soon as that happened, it confirmed in my mind that I absolutely cannot go to the end with Jeremy. So it's it's just like I don't I, I hope it brings them close together, but I do think that that's probably going to be in Jeremy's mind where it's just like, okay, like I trust Denise, but I don't think that they can like he he can go to the end with her anymore. I think it helps that it's still so early in the game. There's and still a lot of game left. To like two thirds of the cast didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think I think yeah, timing is big because like once you know, you're making big plays like that after the merge, it's you know easier and easier to you know target that person. Um, but again, yeah, I think how good of a move this is for Denise is one of those moves that remains to be seen. Similarly to the Kelly idol play and and Ali idols, you know, we were all super hyped about that. But I think the big thing was okay, how's this going to work out for her next week? And then the merge was the week after that, and we don't need to talk about that. And it. Yeah. Yeah, was a nightmare. Um, um, I, that didn't mean plus, it was a bad move, but yeah. it just didn't work out for her long term. Right. Plus, um, did the I don't think anyone knows that that was Sandra's idol that she used to yeah. take out Sandra. I feel like that would just in, like inflate the like view of that move even more. But I don't think anyone knows that that was the case. So they hopefully don't. that. Yeah. I this I mean this is going right into my next point. I do think that this is one of the least iconic idol playing quotes of all time like like she clearly thought about it ahead of time and like wrote the worst line of dialogue i've ever heard from someone getting up to play her idol like it was awful she was was like just what give me a second she said jeff can i have a minute 
And then she gets up and hands him the idol. She's like, I found this walking around today. She sits back down. Jeff's like, okay, I'll read the votes. And she says, Jeff, can I have another minute? It's just not, it's not what I want to see from someone playing an idol. Uh, I really, really think that's a big moment for you to say something really cool. And Denise didn't take that for herself. What was it on Caramelon? Was that the bro hold up? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, at least it wasn't that. And she didn't have a Jacqueline to ask if she voted the way she told her to either, so... Chills, chills. If she really wanted to honor Parvati, she could have said something about bananas, you know. Debatrous little villains. Yes. Debatrous little Jeremy, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And to watch Sandra, (laughs) or rape Sandra go unripe or whatever the quote was. And Sandra leaves, uh, and once again we get a quote about someone talking about what day it is. Uh, they this is three ups in a, in a row where the, at least where someone is like, it's this day. Like the, I don't what know. Is this, this leading day? to as they're going to be. Well, it made sense day. here. It made sense here because she went out the same day she did in Game Changers. Yeah. Was, maybe maybe that's that theme. Maybe there will be forty days this season. Or maybe there's time travel involved. That's my working theory. <laughs> One or the other, yeah. That's it's, it's either that there's 40 days, there's a day this season, or it's time travel. I mean, <laughs> that's I, my I, theory for the next final uh, Fast and Furious movie, so I think it's going to be time travel. And that ended up being true for Avengers, too, so. I haven't really thought about this before I just said that out loud, but I do think that this could be a 40-day season. I don't think, I'm not really, I don't really have a, a lot of evidence, but I think that it's 40, it's season 40, and it's for $2 million. I could see them inventing a bullshit reason for them to go to 40 days instead. There's so many boots to get there, they'll, too. They'll try to claim it's the biggest season yet, and then Tina Wesson isn't there to correct them. <laughs> oh, Tina. True. She just made a cameo account, so. <laughs> oh, my God. We have to get off the podcast. I just <laughs> a cameo from Tina. Sam's, like, shoving his laptop up his lap and, like, sprinting to his cell phone or something. That's so good. I'm glad. I'm How good for you, her. Do you know what her what her rate is? I don't know. I just saw on Instagram she posted a video, like, hi, y'all. I'm making a, I'm making a cameo. I saw Jeff Probst made one. I'm uh, $30? Wow. That's so cheap. Oh, I thought you were... <laughs> That's so much less than you thought. Were you thinking it was going to be a cool million? Like, that's her going, right? Nick Wilson charges, like, a hundred. Ew. Like, Boston Gross. Robin and Nick Wilson, like, at one point were both charging a hundred, and Poverty charges, like, $25. Good for her. Like, who the fuck is paying a hundred dollars? I would pay a hundred dollars to not hear from Nick Wilson ever again in my life. <laughs> Let's see, what is I will Tina buy say? his silence permanently. <laughs> he is the communism kills of Survivor. Oh my god. <laughs> Tina's yeah. opening video is she's like she's like, as many of you may know, I'm not very socially active, so I thought this might be the perfect way for me to reconnect with the Survivor fans. It's like, oh yeah, making thirty dollars every time someone wants to connect with you is the perfect way to reconnect. Ah, Tina's a genius. Yes. I'm obsessed with her. Tina oh, yeah. also voted for Trump, but I pretend I do not see it. <laughs> not hear that. I'm gonna edit that right out of the episode. I don't. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. That's a reality. <laughs> Sam is so. Upset. Do you want us? Do you, do you want to know who Parvati donated to last year in the primaries? Do I? Yeah. Yes, you do. You do want to know. Okay. <laughs> Any guesses? 
I mean, in an ideal world, it was Bernie, but um, it probably wasn't. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I don't remember the amount, but she donated, I think, like $25 to Marianne Williamson. <laughs> oh. Which I makes so that. much she sense. She was reading the auras. Yeah, that's It makes that so much from. sense. I was Now I wish it was Jill Stein, so like she was like <laughs> working with crystals or something. That is amazing. And she really does just want the gays on her side. She and does. We are. And Jeff Probst donated $2,500 to Pete Buttigieg. Oh, of course he did. He's like, I'm such a good ally. <laughs> As he did that. He's like, hey, that man's a robot. I'm a robot. <laughs> This is, this is great information. I did not think wow. we would be getting into the donating patterns of various survivor entities. This uh... shout out to my coworker Lance, who I got into Survivor one day at work. He was like on Slack, sending me the FEC website, and we we're like looking up everyone we could think of, and I lost it when I found Parvati and Jeff with their respective donations. <laughs> Wow. Anyway, <laughs> this is a whole untapped source of content that the bitter jurors were not aware of. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our new outro. <laughs> Since we we're looking for one, we'll just drop a. This is who Ooh. this person donated to. <laughs> yeah. We'll just search random survivor personalities. That's <laughs> pretty good. I've, I've looked for Michelle. I could not find her in the FEC database. Anti establishment <laughs> queen. Yeah, an impartial queen. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I we kind of already went over the Denise Idol play yeah. uh, strategically. I don't have a whole lot more to say. I'm excited to see how it pans out for her. Um, I still think Tony was the right move, but obviously there's reasons right. she didn't do that that we're not seeing. Right. Uh, like that goes without saying for everything. Right. If she really wanted to get the gaze on her side, it would have been Tony. But you know. <laughs> and um. I I do have written down like if. We, if we got to this tribal and someone was like, would you rather have Denise go home right now or Sandra go home right now? I really I, it, I really would hesitate because we have seen so much of Sandra already. And like yeah. having Denise back is so incredible. Like, so I think I probably ultimately am like fine with Sandra going home if the other option was Denise going home at this point. Because I think that there's just right. so much more new stuff that we can get from Denise. Whereas Sandra, like I, I love Sandra and I no matter what, like, she would obviously bring us amazing content and it would be great episodes with her in. But, say, like, same with Denise. And, like, I love Denise, so I'm thrilled that Denise made it through, even if <laughs> Sandra had to go home. Right. And I also think that these episodes, this episode would, once again, have been so much better if these people were actually going home. It would be heartbreaking <laughs> if, it would be heartbreaking if Parvati and Sandra went home, like, entirely. But instead, we're in this, like, limbo Face. they're still here like i don't know how to feel about that it's like and i'm not thrilled about it because they're just gonna be boring me next week so like i, I think mean, it, it would be we're gonna get parvati and sandra on the beach together finally i think that will at least be something hey but they probably won't give us any content about uh, that. yeah i'll be like um <laughs> be buying some oreos or something next week i would rather feel the full heartbreak and like gut punch of both of them going out back to back than the stunted like padded elimination of them be going to edge of extinction right and i would rather hear great pre-jury trip stories from them than have them on the jury at the end of the season very true yes wow uh, Didn't do, that. do we think there's a chance sandra quits because sandra is the only person i think who would quit i could see sandra being like 
fuck this. Right. I don't know. It's but like, I'm, how much does she want to be on jury? Because yeah. she still has never done that. And I think she's also very, you know, mindful of her legacy. But I can't imagine Sandra sitting on Edge of Extinction for, like, 23 more days, like, doing these scavenger hunts. I don't know. I hope I mean, that she does, she because I... I think that Sandra being there will prevent any group group mind and togetherness like we saw the first time on Edge of Extinction, because I think she'll still be playing everyone against each other and lying to everyone, despite right. like there being no benefit. <laughs> the benefit is for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so is that is that all our thoughts before we want to um, plug for our first time before heading on into the Edge of Edgic? Sure. I think yeah. I don't have anything else to say. Right. Um, well, I'm as always Rain on uh, Twitter. Right now, you're probably going to get spammed with me um, posting lots of screenshots from Animal Crossing, but you know they're bound to be adorable, so definitely worth a follow. Um, I'm at Sam Stanish on Twitter and Instagram. As the quarantine continues, who knows how thoughty my pics are going to get. Uh, <laughs> I, I dropped a photo shoot yesterday. Oh, <laughs> this iconic photo very shoot. Very bored. Uh, <laughs> you know, just trying to push followers to my Instagram and Twitter. Uh, it, and it seems like shirtless pics might be the way to go with that. Um, sure. I have another podcast, Word on the Straits. Straight, uh, where I talk about straight culture with my best friend, Joe McMahon, who is here in quarantine with me. Um, and even though we're quarantined, we'll still be releasing episodes. We have one to go through this coming Thursday, but after that, our guest might have to be my sister or her boyfriend, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> this already sounds um, amazing. Christine, where and, can people find you? Yeah, I'm xteen underscore files on Twitter and the xteen files on Instagram. Um, yeah, I tweet about Survivor. I tweet about how... You know, I tweet about Julia Binash. I tweet about and Christine and the Queens. And Christine and the Queens. Uh, yeah. So like <laughs> portrait like, of a lady on fire. Yeah, like yes, every French. I've been tweeting a lot about France recently. So if you're into that, follow me there. And yeah, I play in a band called Gnarly Beth. Uh, you can listen to our music on Bandcamp. We have a song about Survivor. We have a song about Angelina. Yes, um, it is a great song. I can that she has this. listened to. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, we were supposed to have some shows, but. Who knows if we'll ever have shows again? Right. So, but yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm so sad I didn't I get didn't get to get my like right girl Jush with you. On it was gonna today. be a good show too. I'm yeah. very bummed. <sighs> but yeah, so um, the plug un I don't even know how <laughs> what do plugs do? The plug un comes comes uncorked from the. Let's call Mr. Uh, Ackerman. He can explain it. Yes. <laughs> Um, I almost sang the it's time to open the bag, but um, that might be copyrighted. I don't know. But um, so let's uh, talk about Edgic. So Sophie Clark is winning this game. Period. <laughs> let's, let's, let's give people time to tune out if they, uh, you know. <laughs> well, Christine, we let's, ask, let's once again ask our guests what their take on Edgic is, how, like what their journey with Edgic is, if they like Edgic, if they hate it. Christine, How excited what? are you for Sophie to win in oh a unanimous vote? <laughs> okay, so first, um, I love Edgic. I've been uh, into it for, like, over... Cause, like, so I watched Survivor live from, like, I like Pearl Islands. I was, like, seven, I think. And I, I watched it live until Heroes vs. Villains. So I was, like, 
14 or whatever. And then I, after years of results, I didn't watch it for years because I lived, I was living in Europe, so I didn't have access to it. And then a couple years ago, I backed up, got back into it again and caught up on all the seasons. Um, and so like a year and a half ago is when I like discovered Edgic and I followed it for the first time with Dave versus Goliath. Um, and then I didn't watch it, um, Edge of Extinction, uh, because that whole thing pissed me off. Um, <laughs> then I did follow it again with Island of the Idols for the first half of the season. Um, <laughs> and and then it just got not out. fun. Yeah. Um, I I think I was telling Derek that uh, my I use Edgic. It's like I read try to read the tea leaves and convince myself a woman is going to win Survivor again. <laughs> um, yeah. I like it a lot. I think it's really fun. I, I My favorite thing about Survivor, coming back to it now as an adult, because when I watched it as a kid, I was just like really just watching it as entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. I loved it, but I wasn't like thinking about it critically in any way. And the thing I love about Survivor is its storytelling potential, its character potential, and I think Edric is just such a fun way to like really um, engage with that in like a critical way. And like Edric is also kind of like you know we're all just kind of inter. It's it's you know uh, it's not an, a science. You know there's a level of interpretation there, and so I do like you know. It's it's fun to like engage with it, and uh, yeah. And how do I feel about Sophie winning? She's yes, I'm very excited. Mark um, <laughs> is going to dominate again. However, she yeah. is still my top contender, and I, this episode was good for her. You know, she had a cool down episode. Like, didn't have you know, she didn't go to tribal, so it's fine that she didn't have a confessional, but she did get that positive um, perspective from Ben, which was great. She got to be mm-hmm. the hero at the challenge. You know, she was psychic. Um, yes. <laughs> I, my biggest concern is that it feels too perfect. Although last season, everyone in the pre-merge was like, Tommy's too obvious, Tommy's too obvious, and then it was Tommy. Although I think right. Island of the Idols is a weird season at ed- editing um, because of all the weird shit that happened that season. Mm-hmm. Um, but my big concern with Sophie, yeah, is that it feels too good to be true. Um, right. It feels, I would. I guess my counter argument to that would be it feels too perfect to us who like know Edgic. It's like, I feel like if you asked the, the uh, quote-unquote uh person on the street or whatever jeff says like Mm -hmm. yes the casual like ooh, sophie she's gonna win right i feel like they'd be like huh (laughs) like yeah because even like at final six last season i was talking to my friend and i was like well obviously tommy's gonna win and he's more of a casual than i am and he was like what like i don't even know who that is basically so like there's almost (laughs) nothing that like teacher yeah of course but like like I don't think that casuals are a great basis to because like it's yeah I agree it's obvious to us but or it seems obvious to us but I don't think that like anyone watching the show is like I love Sophie Clark other than like well they should be like the gays and the nerds yeah yes I think I mean it's like sounds like it's like Michelle and Karang because I didn't watch Karang live but I know Mm -hmm. like Michelle for Edgic became super obvious like after the swap and like at the merge became like the runaway contender but like it wasn't obvious at all to the casual viewer or even like the less casual viewer who just doesn't engage with edgic. And so I think, yeah, it's totally like, I, it feels too perfect for me, but like, I feel like if Sophie is the winner, I mean, it's the big thing edgic. You have to like, when looking at, okay, this is the type of player this is, you know, what kind of content are they going to give us if this person wins, you know, and mm-hmm. Sophie having been had like two confessionals her winning season like they would need to build her up more this season and give her more screen time to like not justify but like remind a people remind people she exists and show us more of her game um Mm. and so i think that's like it's not necessarily bad for her that she's getting such great content to the point where it might feel too obvious to us because they kind of would need to build her up based on the 
person she is and the player she is. I'm glad right. you bring up Michelle because something I was thinking about this episode. I'm glad you bring up Michelle. <laughs> I, um, I, I was thinking about this episode, how like Michelle's whole storyline so far, it, well, it's, it's becoming more and more about how like emotionally connected she is and how she feels bad about like the stuff that she's doing. The other narrative is that like, her win was so controversial and like people didn't view her as legitimate when like I feel like that's something that could have been a part of Sophie's narrative if they wanted us to like not believe in her because like I feel like people feel the same way where like coach coach was robbed or whatever like like they don't need they didn't know who Sophie was like they thought it her win like shouldn't have happened or whatever but like that we haven't heard about her old season like at all which I think is like gr- like honestly good because I don't think that yeah. they want people to remember that they don't like her. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, I was thinking about like this. Sort of, it's sort of like fourth dimensional chess for me convincing myself that Sophie's going to win. But like, I do think it's good that we don't remember her past season. See, that's I, I'm glad you said that because I was having the same thought where they, I feel like the editors would choose to take a more holistic approach to her edit. Um, almost similar, to, I feel like Jeremy was edited this way in Second Chance where it's like we didn't hear about San Juan del Sur really at all. And it was all just about his game in Second Chance. Like, like what he was fighting for in that season like it felt very disconnected from his previous season so i would like i agree with you where it's a good thing to me it feels like a good thing that we're not hearing about coach or anything about south pacific it's just like no this is sophie's game right now and this is how she wins this game yeah and i can't really think of any returnee winner who's like edit is really focused on their past season at all yeah, like uh nothing's really Sarah, springing to mind says, um yeah top criminal but again like it's it's all about like who they are now and like what they're doing now and and sophie even has a confessional where she was like if you would have told me three weeks ago that i don't even like i'm gonna have to go with my gut like i wouldn't have believed like i couldn't have done that but like here i am now in this moment and like i'm gonna have to i'm like getting chills talking about this uh she's like it's like all coming together in my mind like i'm absolutely somebody's gonna win but like she's like it's all about now which i think is a good thing in survivor editing terms and again comparing that to what we saw from michelle this episode like it's all about like and adam it's all about confliction and like regret mm-hmm. and like being afraid to hurt someone's feelings for a strategic gain which is all bad stuff in in edit talk right yeah and i think the reason you know you mentioned like we don't necessarily need to see a winner have a connection with their past season. I think the reason it's coming up so much in edgic talk this season is because they're doing all these weird flashbacks. And, but I'm glad you guys bring this up because like, I've seen like on the, like the edgic Reddit, people are like, Oh, Sophie like hasn't gotten a flashback to her previous win. That's bad. Um, like Michelle got one, but Sophie didn't like, cause Michelle got a flashback to the Korong finale. Um, but like Sophie hasn't gotten a flashback, that means Michelle's a better contender. To me, that pro- that might indicate the flashbacks m- might indicate like for Michelle. I because I wrote down I think Michelle's still one of my top contenders. I think Michelle is. I will like bet money on this. Michelle is definitely making the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Michelle. I'm less convinced Michelle will win just because like if you're going with cl- complex tribe theory, it's like less likely for her to be the winner. Um, because she was on Sele, but I think it's totally possible she's getting a bigger, like, story arc in terms of growth, and in terms of, like, even if she doesn't win, it's going to be presented as, like, you know, she played an amazing game this time, 
and right. you know fuck the haters and you know she's proven herself and so like i said michelle's still in my top three for sure but um i think her story doesn't necessarily is being set up in a way where she doesn't necessarily need to win to make have her story make sense Right. I don't think that, no, like, I, I mean, I've said this before, but, like, Michelle has, like, a 0% chance of winning to me over, like, Michelle has a worse chance of winning than Nick does to me, because, like, even though we're not seeing Nick, like, all of her stuff is, like, she's getting the Lisa Welchel edit, uh, and she's, like, very emotional, and, like, eventually she's gonna flourish into this incredible uh, strategic player, and then ultimately lose, whether that be cut right before, or, and it's a three edit, too, or she'll make the end, and she won't get the respect of the jury, but, like, I don't think that we can call her a contender just because she's on the screen a lot, and, like, is getting a narrative. Sam, when we're talking, I feel like you're not looking at it from, like, what, like, the, like, to me, a contender is, like, these are the group of people you have to watch regardless of, like, I don't, like, to me, you're, I would rank Michelle over Nick, like, yeah, we've seen a Michelle edit win, I would say, more than we've seen a Nick edit win, if that makes, I don't know, to me, it's, when? like, who are you thinking of that has Michelle edit right now well, that has won? Like, Ben, to me, was very similar, where he had a journey edit, too, where it was felt like maybe his, like, he didn't need to win to win, if that makes sense, like, he talked about just proving, like, oh, you can have, like, PTSD and still like flourish or whatever but he still won like to me Michelle's story is more of a story than Nick's story so I'm always always going to put the losing finalists edit over the person who doesn't make mid-merge edit I just think that neither of them are contenders in the same way or in, like in the same way they are neither no neither of them have a chance of winning and so I don't think that breaking them in this area makes sense at all uh, but I, I think that's something we can talk about that we haven't already discussed is Tony now. Because uh, yeah. this was like, I feel like people have been talking about Tony as like, having a good edit from the beginning. Uh, because he was like being calm and different and like that was like what his story was. And then this episode, it like completely went on fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, for me, and kind of going back to what we were just discussing, what I was going to say is that, like, the rules of Edgic always prove to be true until they don't. Um, and that's that's why I think it's, like, important to, like, when I say, like, Michelle is in my top three contender, I really don't think she will win, but, like, based on what we are being given from everyone else, she's number three. And right. with Tony, it's, this episode was bad for Tony, um, in the sense that it, he looked insane and, and irrational and like chaotic but again it goes back to tony's original season how are you going to edit this person if this person wins like that's who tony was on his original season and so tony being presented in this way it's it's not it's not good content so i do i like gave him like a down arrow for this episode just because it wasn't good for him but it's not necessarily bad for him um because of who he is and like if he right. wins, like, how are you going to make if tony is the winner of all winners how are you going to edit him like that is he's like I feel like the one of the again based on his archetype his archetype is Tony there's like no one really like him right. based on his character like how are you going to edit him and for me there's more room for him to get this kind of negativity than someone like Wendell who is like not as big of a personality as Tony and right so this was not I good agree. for him but um to me it does it's not like a nail in the coffin where just for me this episode was absolutely the nail in the coffin for Yule. I, I didn't i'd never had him as a top contender but for, mm-hmm. like tony getting negativity 
a little negativity based related to his antics wasn't as bad as you will like not getting any confessional in an episode where he should have gotten con- a confessional about you know voting out poverty for the second time um, right yeah that yeah I, I i would agree with that where like this was a very bad episode for you like he's like i've been like increasingly less and less like invested in like his winner story like i feel like that ship has sailed for a while now but this was like confirmation and but i would say for tony i feel like the reason I'm so like very down on this episode for him is like what Sam was saying, where this whole narrative he's had up until this point was he's not playing like old Tony. So to me to see old Tony and for the edit to frame it as this is old Tony coming back and then for it to not even work out for him or like for it to only be a bad thing for him, it felt very different from his negativity and like, Kagayan, where it still felt relevant to his strategy and like this to me felt more like game changers tony where it's like oh god tony is being tony and we don't like that like especially with the uh confessional from kim where she talks about like the it complete she cuts down that storyline that the episode was giving us where they were like this is what tony does even though the episodes leading up to this have not been like that at all so it's just like it's conflict and it doesn't all line up to be a storyline that would make mm-hmm. sense yeah it's not as um uh carefully put together as you would want your winner edit like you're like the winner edit should be tracking through each episode in a logical way and i agree it's this felt like a very hard left for tony's edit to the point like it made me very very down on his chances mm-hmm. especially compared to last these last few episodes for me, it's going to depend more, again, on, like, the coming episodes. Are we going to get confessionals from Tony being like, oh, I can't let that happen again? Is this going to be framed True. as more of a story, a story of, like, oh, I said I was going to, you know, avoid doing this, and then I did it, and, okay, now I really got to, like, you know, going into this merge, I have to, you know, hunker down and not do this again. There's the, pot- like, yeah, I'm down on him on this episode. There's the potential for this to be framed as, oh, he's still trying to overcome his weaknesses as a player, um, in terms of his paranoia and his erratic uh, behavior. Right. But yeah, I mean, after this episode, like, it was just like, Sophie's stocks are skyrocketing. And, like, <laughs> it feels like there's no one else that could win um, if you just look at this episode and the way, th- like, with Yule and Tony, you know, not having great episodes. Right. Um, I don't think there's, like, everyone else, like, I'm ruling out everyone at Edge of Extinction. I don't think anyone's going to vote for Edge of Extinction. It's maybe Tyson. Yeah. But, like... Um, well, I think I should circle back around to my very, my, um, my edgic, uh, theory that is 100% going to happen. So this is the reason for Sophie and Michelle's edit. Here's what's going to happen. The, it's going to be Sophie, Michelle, and, uh, we all agree, Adam, probably losing finalists. Um, I don't uh, necessarily agree with that. Well, okay. So the third person is going to be... Well, anyway, so for this theory to work, which it will, um, the third person will be an original Sele member. And so what's going to happen is literally everyone from Edge of Extinction slash the jury is going to vote along tribal lines. So all of Decal is going to vote for Sophie and all of Sele is going to vote for Michelle. But there's one less Sele on the jury. So Michelle's going to lose by one vote. Um, and Sophie, being a generous queen, is going to bequeath one million dollars <laughs> on Michelle as part of, uh, you know, like, recognition that she would have been a co-winner. So, 
So yeah, that's what's right. Actually going to happen. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. in these moments, you really just have to say yes and uh, <laughs> move on. No, like no, again, it's just like God, I would love for that to happen, and I think right? that, like part of my hesitation again, like it's one of those things I'm trying to just look at the edit and 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 like. But part of I'm having a hard time like letting go of my fears that like a woman's never gonna win Survivor again. I know. That's, that's the other it's, thing. Like, is... It's too good to be true that Sophie would win this season. Like you can't write this. Like for Sophie yeah. Clark to become the next two-time winner of Survivor and beat all these people, like it feels too good to be true. And it's just like I'm having yeah. such a hard time like like Especially like especially this year, out. it feels like we're gonna get like Nick winning. Like that's what oh, it feels God. like. Like that's how it like our car our collective karma as a species feels like it's going that way. But um I All don't know. Sophie knows how to do is end Jeff Probst's faves, and that's what she's gonna do by winning this season. Right. Um, I would that's be just... delighted if Sophie wins. Like best case scenario for me, honestly. Right, right, I agree with that. Like, if it can't be Michelle, which, like I said, it could be in a way. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember when was the last time I... I just love coming up with these completely idiotic theories. Um, joking about, like, th- uh, three-way wins and stuff. Like, it's going to happen someday, I swear. Uh, what do we make of Denise's edit? Because, like, uh, yeah. it's... It's bad. It's yeah. <laughs> I, I feel think like she's just like are... a mid-merge boot. Yeah, I think her and Kim are kind of in that same boat where it's... they're only relevant when they're relevant. Yeah, which is, I'm excited. Hopefully, they those two. If we're still getting another round of tribal vote offs, hopefully it's that trio of Sophie, Kim, and Denise do get to be at merge together. Mm-hmm. I feel like I both. They will. You... Yeah. So I hopefully that like idea of Kim like bringing in Denise with Sophie since we've had established connections from Kim to Sophie and from Kim to Denise. Um, so to me, maybe it feels like maybe it'll just be Kim and Denise are numbers for Sophie until they get voted off or something. I don't know. I love that they're in Sophie's pocket and I love that they're willing to lay their lives on the line to bring her to the end. Yes, that is exactly what's going to happen. And that's exactly what you said. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I agree. Denise's edit is not great. Um, Especially for such a big moment to just kind of seemingly kind of come out of nowhere <laughs> in terms of yeah. her edit, just like all of a sudden Denise is relevant and, and getting all this content. And mm-hmm. not yeah. that this say... is strictly edgic. Uh, well, this is a completely different topic, so you can say what you were going to say, Derek. Sorry. No, I was. I don't even know. I was going to say more dumb bullshit. Oh. <laughs> This isn't strictly edgic, but it was weird or maybe interesting that they had they remind they had it Jeremy remind us that he has the safety without power advantage, even though like there it didn't come into play like at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think maybe to like just like keep the tension that he might play it. Like Yeah. Yeah, I I'm curious as to like how because like we've still never seen this used on American Survivor. I have not seen. I know it's been used on Australian Survivor. I've not seen that season where it's been used. I haven't seen that. It's either. a great season. You should watch it. Which one? I just finished two. Um, it... it's season four. It's the one that just ended. The one okay. right before All Stars. Oh, okay. I've cool. seen only the finale of that one. That's my move: is to just watch the finale of the <laughs> those seasons and just celebrate the amazing winners that they produce over there. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm curious to see how that will play out because again, that's just 
you know, we didn't see that used last season. I'm in an ORG right now, and some last night someone used it, and it was <laughs> crazy. Um, <laughs> I'd be, I think it'd be more interesting if it's used after the merge. Um, yeah. Huh. That'd be interesting. Be another um, advantage get in, which is what I think we all were hoping and feeling was going to happen, but... Um... Yeah, all Not the so idols and advantages ended up on that too. <laughs> right. I keep forgetting Kim has one. Yeah. I keep forgetting about Kim. <laughs> I know, it sucks. <laughs> I love Kim, but she's struggling in the edit. Yeah. I just can't wait for her baby blues to meet Michelle's baby blues. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the two best players of all time finally together. Hockey <laughs> nights, yes. I love it. <laughs> Uh, so any other Edgic thoughts um, from Edgic thoughts? That's us for the Edgic thoughts. <laughs> no, it really does seem like it's like Sophie and Tony and then the field. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Especially, yeah, with the Yule just like dropping every single episode like deeper and deeper, which is sad, but you know, poor Yule. And on Edge, I mean, I feel like the only contenders yeah. for returnees at this point are Natalie and Tyson. Mm-hmm. Right. I think both I, of them are coming back unless something weird happens. Which I feel like that's how it was with Edge last time. I don't know. I don't know if everyone, if anyone thought Chris Underwood was coming back at any point. I don't know. Yeah, and there wasn't, like, Rick Devins was only there for one night, so, like, there was no way for us to, like, have an Ooh. idea of what an edit for that would look like. Yeah, they definitely did not give us time to miss Rick Devins, which we never will. We will never miss <laughs> Rick Devins. <laughs> we miss when he isn't on our screens. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so does that seal it up? Any other, uh, Christine, before you go, do you want to, like, give us your thoughts and feelings on this season in general so far and what your hopes and dreams are for the future? Um, yeah, so this season, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, I was definitely, uh, you know, I was so stoked when the cast was announced. Like, I remember that day. Like, that was just so exciting. And, of course, like, getting more and more apprehensive as we learned that edge was returning and fire <laughs> tokens um i'm i think f i we didn't talk about it but like something i thought this episode really showed the full potential of fire tokens um in the sense of like i wasn't super excited for this twist but i think it's what I like about it is that it gives players a certain amount of freedom um, in terms of like, you know, we see Sandra, you know, bargaining for, you know, it doesn't work out for Sandra, um, you know, <laughs> bargaining her idol for tokens. And then Wendell and Parvati are like, you know, bargaining a vote for tokens. You know, I think it's, the, I, it's one of the better twists, I think, in recent years, just because it's like, in terms of like kind of an advantage and that it, there's a great deal of freedom and it's so tied to the social game and like <laughs> your particular game. Um, and so this, this season, I, I, you know, it's great. I think the edge of extinction segments are not great usually. <laughs> um, just again, just for my biggest thing is just, as long as the episodes are only 45 minutes long, any edge of extinction segment is going to be too long. Even if it's mm -hmm. only five minutes, that's like a good chunk of the episode. Um, and so I'm still apprehensive as to like, as more and more people are going to the edge and more and more advantages are being sold. I think there's still a lot of room for this season to suffer just from, you know, being overcrowded. Um, but it's fun. I mean, I'm really sad. Like, you know, we're seeing the old school, you know, you was the last old school player left. Yeah. I don't think a single her. person from the thirties has been voted off yet. If I'm re remembering right. Yeah, because it was, yeah, Natalie was, it's 29. Yeah. 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 
which yeah, is sad. <laughs> it's sad, you know, like, there's only, like, five women left and one of them is Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sandra's plan coming to fruition. Fine. <laughs> um, I mean, Sarah, well, let's think about Sarah. Sarah. Sarah's someone I, like, based on who she is, I, like, struggle with watching her. <laughs> we don't need to read the donations for her. Yeah, we, know, we don't need to know, but I'm not hating her this season, like, yeah. And I think my problem with, like, I, I don't think she played a bad game on Game Changers. It was just more the edit, like, kind of whitewashed her and made her kind of uninteresting. You know, they apparently cut a lot of her more villainous stuff. And so I think there's potential for, like, me to, like, like Sarah Moore as a player. Um, so, yeah, like, as bummed as I am that, like, so many women have voted out and that there's, like, um, all the old schoolers are being voted out. It's still a really fun season. And the, my concerns about Edge are still valid but the edit hasn't been as messed up so far right like as... the last episode there was no edge section um which was amazing it was a great episode last episode before this because it was just not overcrowded so i'm, I'm feeling really positive and i i hope sophie wins like i will <laughs> i will lose it if sophie wins it would like bring me so much joy especially since she's my winner pick but also like her glow up like it's just incredible oh, it's gorgeous just, glowing on the island and yeah i'm just super excited to see her play even if she doesn't win somehow i'm really yeah. excited i think she's someone who's totally proven herself to be worthy of her win um because i know a lot of people doubted her so i'm just so glad to see her thriving same with michelle mm -hmm. yeah i agree with you on all of that and also um as someone who likes the genius the south korean game show uh, i agree i would not be upset of with seeing fire tokens again like there's a similar currency system on the genius that they use. They're called garnets, but um, yeah, I like I agree. It adds in more. It's like an interesting element of strategy that goes into it. Like you're saying with like bargaining for votes, or even like watching Michelle be like, well, I have to like get these fire tokens from Parvati. Like that is also just like interesting to watch. So yes, more fire tokens, less etch, please. <laughs> fire tokens are a good twist. Yeah, I don't think that we needed them this season. I no. feel like they would have been no. <laughs> great to come in any other time. There. Yeah, they just gave up with. fire tokens. As... And the survivor has to go, like, whatever. Yeah, they just gave up having a season called Survivor Fire Tokens. Like, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so do we want to plug for a final time? Sure. Christine, where are people finding you online? Yeah, yeah, so I'm at um at xteen underscore files on Twitter, um and then the xteen files on Instagram. You can uh, listen to my band Gnarly Bets Music on like Spotify and Bandcamp, and yeah, um, uh, talk to me on Twitter about Survivor and France and Juliette Binoche and Christine the Queens and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, and I, oh yeah, I write for Inside Survivor, um, so <laughs> I wrote this last week's recap, and I'll write another one for episode eight, so in two weeks. Exciting. Cool. Um, I'm Rain Derricks, as always, on Twitter, R-E-I-N-D-E-E-R-E-K-S. Yes, uh, follow me there. And I am Sam Stanish on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, once again, I have another podcast, Word on the Straits. Uh, uh, we talk about the culture with a guest, usually a comedian. This past episode was about Long Island, uh, and this coming episode is all about quarantine. Oh, God. So uh, get ready for that. Yes.
Um, so uh, we've all kept ourselves long enough from Animal Crossing. So um, <laughs> I think it's time to say goodbye to all our bitter duties. Um, well, what, Christine, do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? Oh, do I you haven't been watching this first? season, um, no. but I've been kind of following it. Um, I like just on Twitter. I've I watched past seasons, but I haven't watched uh, oh. since then. I actually I I live in uh, Champagne, where Sasha Velour's dad yeah. is a professor, and I was I used to cross paths with him in the hall like every day. Whoa, like, that's Mr. Velour. Um, that's cool. Yeah, and also um, this season. namesake of Shangela's character on Community, where she. Named uh, Urbana Champagne. Yeah, Urbana Champagne. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, well, it, we lost three iconic uh, reality TV contestants this week between yeah. Sandra Parvati and Rockham Sakura. Uh, a true blow to the my my love of the season, definitely. Yeah. Um, this season of Drag Race has been great so far, despite a lot of things. It's very similar to Survivor. A lot of things are going against the season, but it still is good television. So. Yeah, and they've At completely least... edited out Cherry Pie, which is awesome. Really? I was yeah, she's like completely that. invisible. It's really great. Yeah, at uh, least definitely the Talking Heads. She t- she like talked once to another queen in this last episode, but I think they also do try to get rid of her like just general interactions with people too. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I also, I mean, it was just last week that we were saying that Rockham Sakura would be a great presidential candidate, uh, <laughs> and I still think that that's true. I still would vote for her over many people. <laughs> yes, I think we can all agree with that. <laughs> but yeah, so I would highly, what season are we in? Season 12. Highly yeah. recommend. It's good it's so good. far. Okay, yeah, no, I, it's been a while since I watched, I, I think, yeah. I, and I haven't even seen all these seasons, but I love Alyssa Edwards. <laughs> I just like every like other day rewatch the Shut Up and Drive uh, uh, <laughs> lip sync, <laughs> but I haven't yeah. kept up with it. That's yeah, mm. all Gorgeous. fair. Uh, great, great, great episode of Survivor. Great episode of Bitter Jurors. We're really not. We're really killing it these days. <laughs> we are. Good job, us. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so Bitter. much for having me. Yeah, thank, thank you for, you for being, being on. on. Yes, this was great. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else. Great. Sorry, I'm yes. just so excited to go back to Animal Crossing. Yeah. Like my mind. Yes. Um, so, uh, alrighty. I guess we'll see you guys next week. Once the yeah. podcast has been recorded, uh, please leave the podcast app immediately. I'll go get the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> just trying out some outros. You know, not really, not really gonna stick with that one. But you know, oh. we gotta try something. Yeah, we'll work on it. <laughs> At least the I workshop. tried. Yes, yeah, that's more than I can say, and probably will ever say. I'm not a not a trier. <laughs> okay. Um, well, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> Sam is crossing his hands, uh, arms, whatever, hands and arms. Well, your um, body language is just really close off. <laughs> yeah, very Yulquan of you to just cross your arms and face. Bad aura. Like, yes. <laughs> well, um, bye, y'all. <laughs> bye. bye.